0: Welcome back. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Um, so, before we move on to the next thing, Mike, like we've been talking about kernels and vision reactions, there's. Uh...
1: As meditation conversations <laughs> always do.
0: <laughs> well, Dallas. Yeah, well, that's where we're going. Um, so, there's this idea that we're star seeds and that we're um so i don't know if it's a modern i don't know if it's a traditional indigenous or it's like a modern indigenous hijinks thing Mm -hmm. um but uh it's the idea that we're some sort of a star seed and that we have kind of like a seed of consciousness that comes from somewhere out there that's in us um but as you're talking it's kind of come up in my mind a few times of like this kernel that we talk about this center it's like a it seems like somewhat of like a star seed. Now, I don't know if that's just wording or, um, do you have anything to say about that or does that ring anything for you?
1: Yeah, but it also brings us directly into the next, the the next kind of topic. So, Perfect. <clears throat> um, so then the, the next thing that, that I would, I guess, have in this conversation would be about the difference between neitan uh, practice and shantai practice which are kind of the same thing they're just framed differently and it's about a conscious relationship that is tangible that has a process that allows you to develop progress now the progress is more of an undoing than a an accumulative thing which is why i start the conversation off with the trouble with homesteaders is they keep trying to fill their larder and meditation becomes a thing of adding instead of letting go of becoming something better instead of going back to the beyond identification at all
0: and i see how that's so tricky because like as we do that part Mm -hmm. it's like we were talking about dantian and the feeling of vitality but it's like if we try to accumulate that it's we're kind of going in the opposite direction of like
1: okay so let's let's go there for a sec if we're talking about this in the uh winter metaphor and jing in the Nathan context is uh in one way of relating a good one to do at least once in your life is to just take a break from sex for whatever decide to do to feel that ger and purr building and to decide to be that mountain pond flat like a mirror regardless of how uh say modern stimulation of media and advertisement and magazines and scrolling on your phone stimulate you to want to go and act on that no matter who you are in the spectrum of gender or all that stuff if you want to satisfy an urge it's because of urge so what happens when you can be urge mm, and be listen wait see what nature does with itself when you stop just squeezing every ounce of your vitality for short-term gratification just just for a while now this sounds like it's all about jing but what's really about is the shore because you can't have a pond or an ocean without a shore Hmm. And the shore, the soil, the rock, is the body, the somatic body, the felt sense body. You can only contain your Jing by being somatically still. Now, if you're full of trauma states, fright states, bad car accidents, being punished physically as a child, sexually abused in any possible way, even as a, say, attractive person walking down the street, you can get looked at in a way that makes you feel like predator more than prey. So there's a lot of things that in life, I mean, or or say you're trying to pay your bills and you don't have enough money and you're just freaking out about the consequences. What's that like somatically? Squeeze the pond, squeeze the water, squeeze every ounce of everything out of everything to just keep going.
0: Yeah, white knuckling as they call it.
1: White knuckling, beautiful way to say it on five dimensions. So if, if we drop into the shore, the shoreline, That that residing imminent stillness, the waiting, Jing fills. Not because you're doing something with the thing of Ching. Da, 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 da. <clears throat> yeah, oh,
0: not Chi-packing.
1: Well, who's doing what with what? <laughs> <laughs> and there's a who now and a what now? Damn, <laughs> how do we keep getting caught up in the noun game? Right? So, so when we sink back into that relationship of stability and waiting, And allowing fulfillment to fulfill itself by just being stable in our, in the way I just watching you just adjust your posture right now. Mm But what are you doing with your body right now?
0: So I'm sitting back in my body. I'm kind of wiggling my spine. I got my leg up. So my hip is opening and I'm just receiving.
1: So if you, if you were to review what a good standing posture has in it, what, what are you doing right now with your embodiment that kind of mimics a good standing Qigong meditation posture.
0: I guess one word would be alignment. Kind of relaxing the lower part of my body, like my perennial floor coming into balance.
1: Pelvis like a bowl.
0: Oh yeah. The cadence. K- yeah. Yeah. So pelvis like a bowl ribs, like a barrel hanging from above. Right. So if relaxing your pel- the face, relaxing the back of the neck.
1: Yeah. So if your pelvis is like a bowl. Is that not the same as this, the shore that actually makes the pond and the mountain possible? Because mm-hmm. now you're embodying, receiving, collecting, gathering, filling, filling to overflowing. And overflowing is something that you can do in the sense of sexual impulse. Or it can also be the way that you create the source of life through, you know, having kids or the way a mountain pond feeds all of the trees around it. Hmm. So it's about becoming a good pond by becoming a good, well, good is the wrong word, becoming pondness by becoming sureness. <laughs> so then um, it's about state, somatic state.
0: Yeah, like, uh, like I said before, like a deeper collaboration with the body.
1: Yeah. So if we're going to go back to the star seed kind of context, stars are made of stardust. Dust is the soil of the universe. Soil gathers into all the shapes and sizes, and if it becomes a big enough shape and size, it can become a sun. What happens to a sun when it's done sunning?
0: Um, I believe it's a black hole or a supernova.
1: Yeah, well, one and then the other, right? So here, here we are just noticing that the universe seems to be having fun with yin and yang, black holes. Supernovas, all the suns and planets and monkeys in between. You know, pardon me, human beings. I like to think of us as monkeys because it's fun to say. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> wow, that was such a great imitation! Oh my god! Oh, is <laughs> there a monkey in here? I've, I've, I've never heard you do that before. <laughs> I thought I had fun monkeys sounds. That well, anyway, so, so that that's sort of the game with the, the star seed, the the Dantian thing is like, okay, of course, every atom is a star seed. I mean otherwise e. how how do we have nuclear bombs right yeah
0: right. split an atom with an atom and you, could,
1: you know E uh... m e equals mc squared like if you can't if you have matter and light does light boom you know we have infinite energy and energy becomes matter and matter becomes energy and yin and yang and okay now we're back into an interactive dynamic mm. that is chaos and order and we have this you know blip in time as embodied you know beings to do the things or also imitate the reality and also connect in with the source of maybe the organizing kind of tendencies say five five elements or yin yang or you know whatever the system is doesn't matter as long as it's a complete system it's complete mm-hmm. Right. so when we come back into all of that dynamic and and it's chi, it's potency it's aliveness it's interactive potential now now we can begin universing
0: let's begin
1: yeah so w- one thing that that also comes up about this um brings us to sort of the next part of the conversation which is the difference between neidan and xiantai the difference between the the alchemic work with respect to the symbolism of substances and the alchemic work gong i mean like capacity and like skillfulness like qigong gong, like qi mm-hmm. work um <clears throat> Uh, recognizing that on, on the, the level of tangible interactions, once we've opened the door uh, of practice and stillness and ponds and shores and things, and I'm not going to get into the details because it takes us hours, but the idea of like the microcosmic orbit is, and the kind of nature of the, the subtle body is kind of like the way we would build a womb. the way a womb innately must be made because now again Jing pond womb what about new life seed right the star seed is a potential but it can be you could say fertilized as consciousness from whence consciousness comes you know and again that seems pretty causal for where we're going but um the relationship can be stabilized balance, harmonize, uh, rejuvenate to such a degree in the physiological, psychological, um, circulatory, kind of all the energy meridians, shenanigans and stuff to the point where you're like, oh, now I feel all of those relationships and interactions in a profound and dynamic and and generative way.
0: Hmm.
1: And in its generative way, and having that kernel, that that dantian. There's three, but there's actually six. But actually, there's don't tell anyone. There's actually nine um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, ways that we can interact with the, the our practice in that way. Now, now we can see that star seed, that dantian, that womb, as something that can allow us to generate the shentai, the immortal embryo, which eventually goes through a. Part, part of practice and interaction that is fertilized as uh, a new you or a pre-you depending on how you want to conceive of it if you still want to process it in language
0: i don't know why i want to go here but it's the resurrection <laughs>
1: um hmm well wow, i've never actually put those things in my mind together i don't know a lot about christianity
0: I don't know a whole lot but it's like Jesus went in and then I guess uh,
1: damn I'm, I'm going to work on that. I think that might actually be a a, a legit thing to to use as symbolism for.
0: Yeah, this. 3 days and then came out resurrected or reborn. I mean, yeah, or... And
1: the Buddha sat by the tree for 49 days. We're going to have another conversation in the next podcast about why 49 days is no, a I thing. Is it 49 days? That that was the thing, you know. Guess you got tired of seeking and decided to sit still and be the shore and the water and the light. You know, anyway, so we'll have to come back to the Jesus thing sometime. Or sometime they all lead about to it. the same place, <laughs> but right. but the the idea I think that the Shantih is about is, um, you're given this infinite potential of aliveness and consciousness, and it can be stolen as identity structure, as cause effect, okay. as, as anticipatory states, as what ifness. But it can also become something vastly more connected to stars and black holes and some metaphoric context that you don't have to manage your energy systems anymore because you've inherent, balanced their inherent nature based on their nature. You know, meridians, five organs, sometimes six organs, depending on what you decide to do with your gallbladder. And, uh, you know, one, three, six, or nine, or, you know, there's all the chakras and stuff I don't know much about, but. Well, all of these inner anatomies may be in some way literally true, especially if you like to do, you know, really cool posters, but on the inside of the practice, they're just ways to locate yourself and connect with what the universe seems to be doing. Mm -hmm. And when you get into the universe that we can see and measure, notice that you're still just inside the obvious.
0: What do you mean by that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna nervous laugh. Yeah,
1: so I'm gonna say something that's uh, kind of a physics thing. One way of describing this in the kind of actual quantum physics sense is, and when I say this, I mean whatever universe thing seems to be doing. This is an infinite fractal manifold tautology.
0: What was the last word
1: tautology tautology which is sort of like an overarching understanding of all of it it includes like a totalology everything. yeah totalology
0: yeah okay all
1: right so we, we infinite i think we're all kind of down with infinite
0: yeah fractal we've yeah. seen cool videos
1: you know i think we can all respect that especially if you're f- familiar with uh like the massive hallucinogens in the world like say ayahuasca uh epoca uh proper dosing or a dosing with psilocybin and things like that, that, you know, people have been doing for thousands of years to just get through the, uh, little, the little universe, the little older planets and gravity and black holes and suns. So oh, look at that. It's so cute. It's like a little, you know, farm or something. Sandbox. Sandbox, right? So when we get into this idea, the, the only word that's really not clear, I think, is Manifold.
0: Unless you're a car guy and I'm not... Well,
1: so I'm an I'm I'm engineer. <laughs> so okay. I feel like I'm at an AA meeting. I used to be an engineer. <laughs> um, now I'm a doctor. I, oh, now hell? I do
0: inner engineering.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Sadhguru <how> does. <laughs> uh, but uh, the car analogy is actually really quite helpful. And this, this actually speaks exactly to Taoist cosmology and ontology.
0: As above well, so below?
1: Seems to work. So if, if we look at the car... And uh, you don't need to know cars, but please look on, you know, the internet for how internal combustion engines work if you want to see it in your mind. So there's a piston that goes up and down. There's a chamber. And as it goes up and down, it creates, creates changes in pressure. There's valves that let fuel in and mm-hmm. there's a valve that lets exhaust out, kind of like eating and pooping, breathing okay. in, breathing out. Yeah. So whatever we experience inside the piston is a manifold. And you could okay. say that's your mundane life.
0: Yep, I'm you, there right with you.
1: you. You go shopping, you get food. You go to the bathroom, you get rid of food, and I mean, for a lot of people, that's that's it.
0: That's life, yeah.
1: And you might meet meet some friends inside the piston, hang out, have a family, you know, do the thing, get a job, you know, have a cool thing, you know, you know, carved into your gravestone when you're done, you know, boom, good job. And why not? I mean, part of me is like, God, I mean, would life would be so much more interesting or so much less of a. a uh, open sandbox if I would just be happy with that simple manifold. But for some reason early on in my life, I was like, but what about, <laughs> <laughs> what about it? What happens when you poke your head through those pistons, those valves? Like, so here I am, you know, in, in the metaphor of the car, reaching through that intake uh, valve, looking into the mixture of gas and air, which is the thing that keeps exploding, that keeps the piston moving, that keeps the whole thing thingy. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's good to know, and there's this exhaust manifold. So where do people go when they die? Back into the atmosphere, which seems to somehow go back into the intake manifold, which goes into the carburetor, which goes into the piston. So on the simple level of reincarnation, you can kind of say, "Oh yeah, I can see that."
0: I literally can. Yeah, I can. it's really funny, but yeah, I can.
1: You know, but that—that's still pretty, you know, down here on the ground, meh. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you go one? manifold further, now you're another space in the solar system. And if you go in another manifold further, but in the other direction, now you're inside the quantum field of every molecule. Mm. And now you're inside the field state of the universe, which may or may not have, you know, a, a space-time uh, flux or field. And beyond that, you know, and this, this breaks people's minds a bit, so grab onto your seat, folks. Where was the where of the Big Bang?
0: was no words a podcast about things that we can't talk about
1: (laughs) (laughs) right and the idea is to kind of like break the causal mind and realize this this whole manifold tautology is no matter where you are in the universe from a fractal point of view you're within one you know one fractal uh, layer if you will and below it is another fractal that looks like you know isn't it interesting that a solar system looks a lot like a molecule or an atom which looks a lot like a galaxy, which looks Mm -hmm. like, you know, however we're going to keep going. I mean, that's not literally true in a way, but it sort of helps us with the metaphor. No matter how far you reach down and in or how far you reach up and out, you're going to keep finding, in a way, a manifold that has some kind of tangible interaction until you're beyond the tangible. And that's sort of a part of what we mean when we talk about the womb and, and the embryo. And and this idea of uh, awaiting until fertilization or uh, awaiting until you kind of get the joke, Mm. get the isness, get the paradigm enough to stop trying to understand the paradigm and recognize you're just paradigming. And when you give up on paradigming, now you're alivenessing. And in the unborn mind sense, you're consciousnessing. Mm. And it has a locus. A kernel, you know, in the sense of where you experience it as, from, and through. And that's the next beginning, the next doorknob. And without the kind of training, there's really no way to even have the language to go beyond that. But that's where uh, uh, Netan and Shantai or Tai, the kind of sacred embryo practices, uh, revolve around is the awareness that when you sit in profound beyond the selfness practice, you're going to find the center of what may still be, but hopefully soon won't be, you. In the sense of the imminent attrition of anything that separates you from what makes all of this possible. So that's, again, the falling back into the ocean, releasing the constraint of the paradigm, uh, the manifold, and just keep expanding and, or, uh, you could say, um, you know, you know, if you see this a lot, when you, with f- screens, you can kind of like spread your fingers apart and now you can zoom in like a microscope. Imagine doing that into the center of the center of the quantum, whateverness of the inside of, you know, the structure of atoms or sort of scratching away at the telescope, microscope, telescope, same thing, different direction. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, we just stop reaching but you have to reach beyond the knowable, beyond the self, to actually begin a connection with what's the infinite, you know, fractal manifold tautology.
0: Right. For some reason, I keep seeing doing that song by the White Stripes. Have you seen the video? Da, 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 da. Oh, I love that song. Have you seen the video? It's just this fractal thing. Oh, I've seen that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. it. Keeps yeah. So something like that, probably.
1: Yeah. So let's say there's ten. 20 30 years of you know to-do list to be lists to encounter to tangibly interact uh as through and beyond the unborn mind as a self beyond the self and there's there's which brings us to sort of the last you know thing on on the list of things to speak to uh is is how to actually say bring it on to the beyond that
0: Um, so bring it on (laughs) so this is the word that gets uh misunderstood um so i guess it's uh
1: let's uh just for the the sake to support our listeners because we've just gone through like crazy crazy (laughs) dimensional whatever the hell what's the name of this podcast episode
0: it is uh, Zen, Taoist alchemy and apophatic realization. Not apathetic <laughs> uh, funny joke. Um so yeah, what is ap- 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 ap-
1: ap- apophysis? a <laughs> Apophysis?
0: Apophysis? Apophosis. Apophosis
1: <laughs> the prognosis. Tomatoes and tomatoes <laughs> so that that term is sort of a european term and it comes from uh, a tradition of of monastic um hermetic christianity the sort of stoics you know and then there's a lot of ways for stoicism to go but what what if you're sitting there um as someone in, in in a god religion and there's you know like three or four thousand of them still in the world
0: That's a lot of God religions a lot of gods
1: well I mean you're, you're gonna frame it in that whatever context you you know you get you know from your culture
0: mm-hmm
1: so there you are and, and because we're speaking English in, in the Western world you're you know there's the Jesus thing you know you can take that wherever you want to there's the God paradigm of that you know whatever manifold meaning that might have and you have this moment of like um, and I want to say this really clearly Apophosis means that you deny the existence of God as the true God. Because if you and I, as conditioned proto-human post-primates, can get God, that clearly cannot truly be God. Because I'm a myopic, fidgety, dopamine-driven, what-if mind. And I'm presumptively going to say, oh yeah, of course, God. Yeah, I get that totally. I, sure. I, I call God Fred just for fun because he's my homie, you know. <laughs> he's going to be a he. And that's sort of the joke is like, if you know God, that's not God. If you can know the Tao, that's not the Tao. So there's this big enlightenment kind of evolution in Christianity where they realized if we're making up God, it's not God. Because if you can frame it in a conditioned language driven mind. Really? Language can contain
0: the uncontainable?
1: Big G God. <laughs> big G, yeah. So that's what Apophosis is. Is just the realization of just stop pretending you're gonna ever know as you.
0: Mm. Would that be getting the joke?
1: I think a part of the joke is definitely part of the joke one there's a you a two, there's a part of yet. a you that could ever get something way beyond what needs a you right but at the same time god is godding through god as all beingness so I, I gotta share something this gets me into trouble because i'm a bit of a twit sometimes but any any time i get invited to a big dinner and and people want to say <laughs> grace <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm just <laughs> I'm so, laughing uh, at where this could go. Well, imagine we're all sitting down big, you know, it was Christmas recently. We're all having a meal, and so on. Says, we should say grace. So, this is how I like to say grace. I am God. Food is God. Eating is God going into God. Eating is grace. I
0: guess,
1: amen to that. Yeah, but I mean, it's also meant to be a little tongue in cheek at the sense of like, yeah what is not or, or it's that or we get on our knees and pray that you know something in the universe is, is going to do right by us or screw us over or whatever and then we're back in the left brain what if dopamine and, causal yeah. wrathful God right and and this this is a, a thing within uh, all cultures all traditions is there's the part of great spirit or God or Tao that, that has a little finger wagging at you going don't be you know bad bad you know Proto-primate or whatever, and that might help us organize ourselves in in a, in a way for for better collaboration and overall success. And you know, maybe we need rules to make sure we don't get eaten by the proverbial you know bad monster in in the forest. But
0: yeah, like moral standards. You
1: know, I mean, organization seems to be a theme within the manifold fractal tautology, mm-hmm. But if you're going to be one of those somewhat potentially insane, hee hee he, in a good way practitioners who's going to go into the cave for the time, go into the monastery for the time, go into meditation for the decades. You may want to, with a little bit of humor, be, yeah, that the one sitting in meditation is in no way wired or conscious of consciousness enough to get this as a self. So when we think of Wu Wei, and I'll just say this for people who are maybe new to the podcast, Wu as a character is a picture of 40 people going into a forest to chop it down for firewood and making houses and stuff. So be the forest for a minute. What's going to happen to you?
0: Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be no you left.
1: Through the process of imminent attrition. Yeah. So Wu doesn't mean not or non, although it can, it implies experientially, and since we're going to sit down for maybe 30 years, might as well consider the experiential more than the knowable, the mm-hmm. verb or the noun. What is the imminent attrition of a self? Right. And then we look at way, just because that's way. Way is someone feeding an elephant to see if they can make the elephant bigger, which is an opportunistic, dopamine-driven, anticipatory, what-if kind of effort. There's effort, like, like get good at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But then there's way, which is, mm-hmm, look at me go, I'm going to become, you know. So when we decided to agree with maybe the imminent attrition of the separate opportunistic self is an entryway over time, if the attrition part is successful, to the apoph- apophatic realization, at least that there's no way you, as a separate identity, is going to experience anything beyond your subjective, tangible kind of preconditions. So over those years, and that's why in, in the Huanyuan tradition that I practice and teach, it's about almost like a, the beginning of the psychological recapitulation of your identity structure and your somatic sort of trauma states to move beyond at least a part of you that's hurt. So you can be whole. And for a lot of people, I'd say more than half the people I've trained in my life over the last 30 years, when they get to that place, thank you. I'm so at peace as myself, I'm going to go on and live a happy life. And I'm like, blessings Mm. on you go. And then there's the other, you know, ratio of people that are like, well, that sounds like halfway. What's next? And it's like, well, there's no what, (laughs) unfortunately. (laughs) And, and, kind of in the same way there's no who
0: mm-hmm. no what no who
1: and thus begins the non-being practice the non-self practice which is looking into in this this is the way we describe an experience because we want to locate awareness in a tangible way that proceeds So let's say we look in, and I'm using English here, uh, we reside our perception in the center of Dantian, which can be a lot of different things depending on the process. At a certain manifold of of undoing, unbeing, non-being, beyond being, we do what's called 障身, to reach beyond the profound, infinite, unknowable mystery and just keep reaching until you notice that Ling Tao or however you frame the frame of reference of how universe is universe it's reaching for you if there's an it but that's the state if that's the relationship perhaps that's the paradigm but that's where apophosis allows you to begin beyond self beyond knowing and it's in that state and in that relationship that you could say you fertilize the embryo and it becomes the fetus. Now, some people take that literally. And now I have a spirit fetus that I'm going to bring up above my head and send into the celestial realm to hang out with the ancestors and the immortals and the blah, blah, which clearly is just shenanigans of the left brain. It tells a good story for your grandkids as to why's grandpa is sitting in the, you know, back hut? six hours a day <laughs> <laughs> and everyone has to be quiet or something, you know, so when we, we, we can have the story around it, but the practice is imminent attrition of separation of opportunism. And this is where, and this gets a bit medical, but for those of the listeners that, that have a sense of say a bit of physiology, you're either experiencing existence as a dopamine driven cortisol loaded, you know, animal. Or as a profoundly serotonin rest state um, isness in in the acetylcholine of just being felt, sense, aliveness in stillness or movement. Which is why a lot of Taoist practice loves to play with stillness and movement, the stillness in movement, the movement in stillness. And all that because it keeps bringing us back to the tangible isness of felt sense instead of story, state, story, state, story, left foot, right foot. When you'd finally just dive in, Um, if you still have eyes, you know, uh, pupils first into the, the mystery gate without any beyond. Then you could, and I'm saying this to try and lead the mind, I guess, but the distance between your pupils and the conscious source of consciousness itself, whatever that might be. And again, it's left brain, the way I'm saying it, it reunifies. Now, a way you can see this in um, a way. And this, the, you ever heard the, um, this is jumping topic a bit, but it, we'll get back here. We're almost done. Have you ever heard the guidance that if you ever take LSD, don't look in a mirror? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a thing.
0: what happens when you look at the mirror?
1: well apparently that's a bad idea so i don't recommend finding out so
0: <laughs> it must be my dopamine driven monkey mind that's like hey i got an like, experiment don't from
1: don't, it. don't i mean tr- trust the tradition. i'm
0: gonna trust that yeah but it's just like it's i'm laughing at the part of my brain that wants to just yeah
1: okay so let's say for the reason why i bring this up because <laughs> i'm sure there's a lot of listeners going oh my god now what isn't dopamine fun oh what who oh no let's say you're just for a moment in meditation and you turn in the meditation hall and you look into a mirror but you're in that apathetic state of who is the reflection who is seeing the reflection is there a who and instead of looking at the face you look at the eyes and then you look through the eyes through the eyes and then the pupils See the pupils in the reflection and then for the way i'm going to play this out for physicality sense i move towards the mirror until the surface of my pupils touch the surface of the mirror which at the same time is the surface of the pupils of my reflection and then there is no meaningful pregnant pause because what else is necessary to be spoken when you're beyond beyond just seeing beyond seeing no self no reflection no observer nothing to observe just coherent conscious realization that's a state that's worth 30 years
0: <laughs> so how long have you been practicing mike
1: uh 37 years
0: so this question sounds silly after say it like that but how was that experience for you
1: it happened at 28
0: years well you were a keener
1: well i started doing weird stuff when i was about five i think there's just a part of me that's just like i don't i don't that this mundane thing is mundane. I'm I'm just gonna start scratching it. What's going on when I was about five? So, I started reading books when I was eight. I started practicing some stuff when I was ten, but I didn't find a teacher until I was seventeen, and that was I guess thirty eight years ago. So, yeah, so thirty eight years now. I guess yeah, thirty seven. Whatever it was. It's been a it's been a while. It's been a while. But I I I, I as an I <laughs> mm-hmm. sitting here in a conversation to a bunch of invisible people throughout time who can listen to this. I am so grateful that I found a path, which is nameless in a way, but needs a name to, you know, talk about it. Re-read the books a few times or whatever. To exist beyond self, there's nothing to say because there's no one to say it, and there's no need for anyone to hear anyone else say anything. And that's the, the challenge of all these these traditions is there's no pulpit to stand up and start saying stuff because shh, waiting is listening is we've been doing that since we were primates waiting for you know a fish to bite the hook or something so we can live but it's in the waiting we find the truth well the truth truth nursing And that's just the beginning like i think i'm just at the beginning of this because at least i'm i'm getting comfortable with beyond separate self-ness but even saying that oh, i'm getting used to ha-, no, no, no. right and so that, that it's there, especially in english english is almost like an impossible language to speak about apophatic stuff or taoist stuff or anything else because you know it, it's the, the language is at a distance from the world on purpose because it's there to coercively move the stuff around and profit from it english is a merchant language
0: mm-hmm. nothing
1: against english i have to speak it but it just doesn't it doesn't go very well when you're trying to speak of deeply profound experiential things but study the Tao doubts if, if if you really want to get it in the sense of a you and an it <laughs> Learn enough Chinese to actually read the Tao Te Ching in Chinese. Because then you'll, you'll feel what it means instead of know what it says. Or and I, I tried this, but this changed my life a little bit. I translated the Tao Te Ching into Diné, because it's a hunter-gatherer language instead of a post agricultural language. And then I was just like face meet palm like oh this book is a completely different book here but now now it makes a, a, a completely different kind of realization sense and it's a lot funnier
0: nice
1: you know but then but then let's let's with the manifold like why why seek an ending when you can seek a thoroughfare
0: say that word again
1: why seek an ending, a realization, an enlightenment when you can seek a thoroughfare, a way of just like a, a roadway, a, a dal, <coughs> right? Because that's Unified. one translation. Well, yeah, you know, but thoroughfare, a pa- path is Unified. maybe something you walk on thoroughfare is a way to get through stuff.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: All right. So if we're going to keep going through manifold tautologies as separate or as unifying consciousness caught English drives me crazy um, <laughs> then at least you can be in the river and be the ocean and be the the snow and the rain and and the shore that gives it all meaning and then play swim dance please dance i i love going to it i mean, in this relationship uh, just under a year now and we go to ecstatic dance every year or sorry every week at least once if we can sometimes more and it's like qigong and music and and you know Dao re- returning to the source in a way <laughs> uh when you in a way that um is is so fun because you're in a room full of people and there's great music and that goes through like a little cycle story in in the way that the set gets set up by the dj and it's in silence you're not allowed to talk up to people so you can't left brain your way into the whole hookup culture thing although that's going to be going on anyway but mm-hmm. luckily you know my partner and i are there don't have to worry about the mating dance so much <laughs> um and then you just move so if, if anyone's seeking recourse for the, the where this starts which is waking up to the realization that your meridians are caught up like a person being st- pardon you for the Meta- not the memory of being zapped in the thorax with a cattle prod. I mean, I remember when I first started recognizing, you know, kind of the PTSD part of my childhood and, you know, a really bad rock climbing accident and and things like. Until we can feel how like constrained and collapsing and contorted we are somatically, you can't even really begin the soil part. Never mind the water part. But they're all simultaneous. If we go back to the Taoist uh, alchemy very quickly, you know, there's sort of a sequence. Refine Jing, transform Qi. Refine Qi, uh, transform Shen. Uh, refine Shen, return to Tao. And in some traditions, you know, refine Tao and return to emptiness, or Qi. Now, that that sounds like a really interesting stair to climb, you know, one, two, three, four, maybe five. But it's also simultaneous.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right? And it's in the simultaneity, the fractal tautology part, the manifold bending part that we build momentum that we find thoroughfare that you could say you build a kind of spiritual confidence but if you don't commit to a practice if you don't have a tradition that has a process if you don't have a teacher who can help you navigate things you're kind of like the proverbial person who's not a really great swimmer lost in the ocean mm mm-hmm you know that brings up another Taoist metaphor you know we're we're adrift at sea on a raft with a little pokey stick trying to control the the course of of our our journey at some point you throw the stick away the little paddle why not just float and reside on the ocean and be that and then you recognize why am I sitting on a raft when I can just float in the ocean and then you why am I in a body as a separate self when I can just become oceaning? But you have to go through that step by step. And in the modern culture, dopamine driven, phone scrolling, you know, imminent future, everything on the news is about what's going to chaotically destroy your stability. Like what possible Jing, Dantian can we have in practice without undoing all of the conditioning that modern life has imposed on us in the way we experience our experience? So please find a teacher, find a practice, find a tradition that seems to know what it's doing and where it's going and that there's no one (laughs) involved in any of this at a certain, you know, you know, manifold anyway. So come home to the uh, beyond, come home to the non-being, the non-self. That might take you 10 years. You might want to spend a year in what's called juji the, the building foundation, like building enough practice that your ability to sit still for hours and be beyond the, you know, causality of that, 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 I mean, that, that's why there's two traditions, like, you know, I like the Taoist ones cause they're body first. I love the Zen thing cause it taught me how to like realize how manipulatable the mind is, but right I wanted to go to the source of what comes up in the mind and that's, that's where the Taoist practices are.
0: Yeah, that's the beautiful complete nature of both. Mm-hmm. So you gotta know the mind, gotta know the body.
1: Yeah, and Taoism was a chan tradition. Zen is the Japanese version. Mm. Right? It's just Taoism. It's kinda like left foot, right foot yin yang. You know, you need the Tao Yin and then you need the Chan.
0: hmm
1: Tao Yin is an old word for Qigong.
0: Yeah. That one sounds so much more accurate. Because Tao and then Yin, like, kind of receptive.
1: Yeah, Tao uh, Yin doesn't mean Tao like the Tao. The character for Tao Yin, inter- sorry, I just I was watching, going, oh, you don't know the character for Tao Yin. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. The character for Tao Yin is Tao, uh, like the the way Tao, with the radical for the increment, uh, incremental measurement, a piece of. So we experience existence in increments of everything state story so Tao is returned to the state come back into this increment and also notice all things come into being in a state of being so maybe start choosing instead of just watching Yin is a person drawing a bow and aiming so, draw the bow, bend this in you, the body, limbs and spine, this and that. But also the Yi jin jin, refine the fascia, refine the connective tissue, refine the contraction release, the Fang Song. So, your body can conduct and circulate Jing Qi and Shen. So, when you come back in your increments of Tao, all beings come into being in a state of being now you're aspiring to and developing an actual coherent birthright state of embodied isness. but it's practice and if you sit in a chair all day and you're out of shape and you can't breathe right and you gotta you know your belly sitting on your knees or something and that's not judgment I've been there um you know I worked really hard for a bunch of years and just Sat in a chair, taught courses. I'm like, wow, I'm getting fat. <laughs> you know, and not that a judgment on anything. It's just an awareness that that's a state of being. All beings come into a state of being, and wherever you start, that's where you're going to start. Stop judging. You know, whether or not you should or shouldn't have been, or find yourself where you are. Tao Yin, start mm-hmm. where you start. Work on the state. State begins with embodiment, because the body's the mind before the mind is the mind. So Tao Yin move consciously breathe consciously come back into the animal body and then you rigging your birthright as the hunter-gatherer or as the being at the beach between yin and yang the
0: spiritually awestruck hunter-gatherer i read that it yeah. just stuck
1: with me. well i love that one it's so good yeah and here we are ending where we began
0: pregnant pauses
1: (laughs) (laughs) they seem to keep happening
0: yeah yeah even having commentary on a podcast like this is just like yeah there's just uh... nothing to say
1: and let us say nothing well way
0: no thingness no thingness
1: Yeah, that, that's one of my Zen jokes or Taoist jokes about well, we're going to go to the emptiness or nothingness. I'm like, no, that's a typo. Because mm. in, a, in a coanimate, animate, co creative, fractal world, it's no thingness, no separate noun object. All things, you could say from a quantum point of view, are just universing, you know, in twisty little <clears throat> states of quantumness to, to build stuff so we can have consciousness to play.
0: Mhm. So then after going through all of that, like your experience of life. Like you know how you see those videos on like Instagram the nice ones and they're just like I am the sun, I am the stars or um there's no separation between me and you and I am you and you are me. Um so the actual experience of life is that.
1: I think non-separation is a great place to start. It's true of the indigenous traditions that I'm a participant with. It's true of Taoist practice. It's true of Zen, but that's a relationship. It's not a, you know, a speed bump. Mm -hmm. Fall back into the ocean. There's no, nothing to aspire to stop feeding your elephant. This isn't a circus performance, <laughs> although sometimes it sure feels like that, especially as I make YouTube videos and let people know what I'm doing so I can, you know, feed my family.
0: Yeah. This is a brain hurdy
1: one. <laughs> brain hurdy one. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we should have a, a little tagline at the bottom. <laughs> this is a brain hurdy one, <laughs> or this will break your mind open. Ta-da.
0: I remember the last podcast we did the Nagong one. <laughs> and near the end you're like um because we were always talking about who is the one meditating right and near the end you're like oh yeah we have to actually answer that question at some point point. <laughs> and that was my comment is, <laughs> my brain hurts <laughs> <laughs> holy moly mike um there so any cool courses or things you're doing mike coming up
1: Oh, wow, yeah, this is a big year. There's the next 200-hour teacher training starting in March. I'm hoping to collaborate with some of my more advanced students in uh, so that I can teach both the Shaolin Yixin Jing and the more uh, Chinese medicine therapeutic Qigong courses because usually I do one year or the other year. I want to see if I can do both this year, if I can get some people to help me out. Uh, with that and then there's a a course that i do about every four or five years which is a 49 day daily commitment practice which i actually lead or co-lead live so we do like a live online thing through you know social media or whatever apps are cool at the time um every day we get up turn on your computer practice every day for 49 days for people who for time zones and stuff like that, can't, they often start either the next day or the next week and they follow the recordings every day, 49 days.
0: So thank you, Mike. Uh, Thank you, our listeners that have been following us through this journey. And uh, like Mike was saying, the next podcast is going to be about, uh, you know, that 49 day committed practice. So stay tuned for that one. Any any last closing remarks, Mike?
1: Please send questions, comments, uh, your experiences, on in, in where the podcasts are. Because uh, I, I want to you know develop this podcast more, and my schedule is finally kind of landed in a way that's more predictable, so we can do these more consistently. Um, I'm hoping to bring in other, uh, I don't know, gong people who are competent at whatever. Uh, especially in the Taoist context, uh, Taoist alchemic practice, you know, p- people that I've you know, known or worked with for a long time and just to let them, you know, tell their story is that them just gradually dissolved or whatever, uh, and That's all that. Cool. But the, the more, uh, you know, as you know, listeners say, you know, that this, this is what I want to, uh, engage in more, learn more about, or, you know, less of this, more of that, uh, yeah, because because then it, you know the, the flow with the Tao will flow because it's you know with within the community of people who are participating. You know, but, I mean, there's listening, and then there's like, oh yeah, I'm kind of on on Team Primordial Tao here. Let's 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 help, please help us direct the uh, the informational component so that uh, we're satisfying the, the actual need of people who are practicing who are seeking a way. You know, mm-hmm. until they're beyond seeking
0: let's go beyond the beyond I hear that's a thing so this was a primordial Tao present Tao episode 11 Zen Taoist alchemy and apophatic realization thank you everyone thanks for listening and see you in the next one Thank you for exploring and enjoying Primordial Tao Present DAO. We look forward to sharing more in the next episode.